Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. To the Equipping and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for the show. And with me today is my friend Katie. Katie, welcome back or welcome to the Equipping and Grace podcast. Thank you so much, Dave. It's a joy to be here. Looking yeah, forward to yeah. this conversation. Me too. Me too. Well, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your your life, your marriage, your ministry, and you know your upcoming and you know ministry projects and all those. Sure, I'd be thrilled. Thanks. Um, so I am Katie and I'm married to Scott. We're going to celebrate 17 years of marriage this summer, which is nice. amazing to me. <laughs> and have five children. We have three sons and two daughters. Our baby just turned five, which is hard to believe. And, uh, you know, it's interesting you asked about life and ministry and all this. And it's like, I think my, for this season of life, my life and ministry are very integrated, which I'm enjoying. Uh, so I, I mean, I think primary really is to these children and, um, you know, they have some underlying health conditions, which might come up in our conversation a little bit. And then my husband is a pastor. So, you know, we spend a lot of time at church as a family serving in a variety of capacities. We were, um, well, we're at church this morning, so I'm in a room off to the side <laughs> to do this interview. Uh, but we were helping with the food ministry this morning, which boys are really helpful with getting boxes off of trucks and getting that set up. So we were doing that today. I'm trying to think. And so, you know, the reason, main reason I'm here today is to talk about my upcoming book that's uh, coming out called He Will Be Enough. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity to write because I do feel like it is a way to be able to serve you know, as a stay-at-home mom, like it's a way that I can serve broader than my immediate circle as well. So I'm yeah. grateful for that opportunity. And, and you're a really good writer. So <laughs> you're very kind. And yes, Dave, you were very strategic in the beginning of my writing um, experience. I was very discouraged trying to figure out how to get started and um, who to write for, what that whole process. And I remember when you picked up my piece, I just remember thinking, oh, like, not just that it's personally affirming, but when, um, you know, just that encouragement of like, okay, this is a gift and I want to use it for the Lord, but how, what's that going to look like? So I just felt like the Lord used you strategically to offer encouragement in that season. Mm. Well, praise the Lord. You've been yep. an encouragement to me too. So. Oh, thanks. Can you uh, tell us about this book? He will be enough. How God by the hand through your hardest days, why you wrote it, and how you hope it'll be used. Sure, he will be enough. So the he is God, and the enough in that title uh, I associate with Second Corinthians twelve nine and um, the sufficiency of Christ. So that idea that he will be enough, and the book really I'm hoping is going to reach people who maybe. You know, I, I hope it applies to a lot of people in a lot of different situations, but I'm thinking particularly of the person who is either standing at the beginning of a trial or has been walking through one and doesn't necessarily see an end in sight. And maybe he's asking that question, will God be enough? Will his grace really sustain me for each day of this trial? Uh, 
And so my hope would be to encourage that person that yes, uh, his grace is sufficient for each day homeward towards heaven, whether that trial ends here on earth or doesn't end until heaven. And then uh, the subtitle, How God Takes You By, I think of Psalm 139, that idea that there's nowhere we can go, that uh, he doesn't see us, that the Lord doesn't see us, that he isn't watching over us, that uh, onto us. So that's part of the thought behind that subtitle. But the book itself, I mean, it grew out of some really hard things in my own experience as well. So, Hmm. yeah, it's it's a good it's a good book. And guys, if you're watching the video, (laughs) here it is. Here it is. Here's the book. And I guess I'm I'm one of the blessed ones uh, you're saying before (laughs) I recorded because it's they're all in what uh, on ships and all that. And I'm blessed. (laughs) I've had it for a little bit here. And guys, I always do this, you know, when I uh, endorse a book, you know, I don't, I don't endorse many books. Um, and so I, I'm kind of picky like that, I guess. I don't know. And maybe I'm just a pain in the butt, but that's true too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it, it, so here's what I said. And he will be enough. Katie takes readers by the hand into the world of scripture and walks mm-hmm. them through their hard days with the hope of Christ. Reading Katie's book will help you discover the multifaceted diamond of Christ and all of his splendor for every difficult day and season of life. So mm-hmm. this is going to be a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. So you were just uh, mentioning, you know, the, the sufficiency mm-hmm. of God's grace. How does the sufficiency mm-hmm. of God's grace help us in hard days? Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, there are certain seasons can't imagine having walked through. Uh, I love that scripture tells us that um, his mercies are new morning. Uh, and wasn't sure how there would be for the next day or where that was going to come from or how that would connect with my everyday real life. And yet the Lord has been faithful to give that. That's been my story. That's been my song, um, that his grace really has been enough, that he has been faithful. Uh, but I think it makes all the difference in, um, giving hope, giving perspective. Um, so I think we go a lot of different ways with that question. Do you have a specific direction that you had in mind? No, I think that's, I think that's, okay. uh, you know, really good, you know, uh, you know, just to play off of that, you know, and in my own difficult days, it just helps me mm-hmm. to remind myself, Hey, I'm not alone in this. Well, not mm-hmm. only am I not alone because of Christ, but also because of God's people who he's mm-hmm. placed in my life. And you know, those, mm-hmm. those people can speak truth in my life and, my mm-hmm. wife does this exceptionally, exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, well, tell me what the thing is. And I'm, oh, I interpret that as let's give you the 50,000 foot de- theological definition. And what she's looking <laughs> for is, what is that? How does that impact your, you know, your, your heart? Not, not mm-hmm. the 50, don't give me the 50,000 foot lecture. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, no, it's God's grace is, is, is sufficient for us on, you know, days mm-hmm. when we have grief and we have pain, when we have mm-hmm. hurt, when we, uh, and even on the other side, on, we often forget his good on, mm-hmm. God, the grace of God is sufficient on our good days. Mm-hmm. When we, mm-hmm. I think we forget that on, on our good days. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Um, yeah. I think one of the things um, that I talk about early in the book is how you know grace can take a lot of different forms, but sometimes we're so focused on the trial that's at hand and wanting resolution that we can't always see the form that God's grace is taking. I give a specific example, you know, with my kids' condition, we 
needed to take them after their diagnosis for a lot of different medical tests, uh, specifically blood work. There were several, um, you know, blood tests. And, you know, over time, as I would ask different friends to pray on those days, I remember coming to a day where the blood draw was actually, you know, it went really smoothly. There were no tears. There were, you know, it was a good day. And just seeing that as grace. So here's something that's hard for my kids because of something that's hard for our family. And yet God's grace is showing up in the midst of it in sustaining and helping them through something that's hard. So mm. I tend to be a see the world glass half empty kind of person. And so I think this has been God's grace at work in my life, even starting to see how he is being gracious, even in the midst of hard things. Mm. And it's not, it's not just trying to cast a, optimistic spin on something. It really is, you know, we're praying step by step to see God be gracious along the way. And then when you see his kind answers to prayer, see his provisions, uh, then acknowledging, wow, that is God's grace in the middle of this. And I think that offers comfort too, because like you said, then you realize, oh, I'm not alone. God really is hearing me. And if he's hearing my prayers, even if he's not changing my circumstances necessarily the way I might mm -hmm. idealize or hope, um, he's still here and he's real and he's caring for me. So that builds our trust. I build, has built my trust that I can trust him with some of these other things too. Well, you're not alone in, in forgetting God's goodness and his grace. Mm -hmm. uh, I do that mm -hmm. all the time. So <laughs> as, we'll, as we'll talk about, you know, it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you know it up here, but how much do you know it down here in your heart? Mm -hmm. You know, that's the, that's the question. It's it, it, Paul after, I just remind, always reminded after, you know, giving that famous talk about contentment. Uh, so mm -hmm. guess what? Now you get to do verse nine in Philippians four. Now you get to put into practice. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. That's the, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's, that's where okay. you get to apply it. So mm -hmm. that's, that's good. Mm -hmm. how, do, how does both the way we walk through our trials and the limits God sets for us show off the power of our resurrected Savior uh, in our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Personal example this time. The, you know, about six months ago now, no, seven months ago, one of my dear mentors from Idaho died. And he died of COVID complications, a COVID stroke complications, which he had a, um, he had a heart attack like about two years ago. And that was really like shocking. Um, but because I was going to see him in December last year. So, you know, I hadn't seen him because of COVID and stuff like that. And being California now here in Oregon. And so we just hadn't gotten no chance to go over there yet. And this is a really good reminder for me because um, I've been through biblical counseling in the last seven months. And it, I realized very quickly, even though I know the answers and I'm equipped with tools because um, I've been doing this, like, you know, a long time, I needed somebody to help me. Mm -hmm. um, I needed somebody that wasn't anything like scandalous in my life or anything like that. I just knew that I needed, I needed some prof a professional biblical counselor just to walk mm -hmm. me through and, you know, help me. And that, that has been very helpful to me. And just reminding, like, it's okay in the midst of my pain, in the midst of lamenting in the midst of grief to give myself grace when I'm super, super tired. But this reminder that God sets limits um, 
on our on our on our song to show off. I just reminded of this even this last Easter. I realized mm-hmm. that in the midst of this, I was huh, here. I am. I've been doing this, you know, twenty one years. I've been mm-hmm. Christian thirty years. Uh, it's possible for, as Martin Luther said, to forget the gospel, and that's why mm-hmm. we need to remind ourselves. And so, as my mm-hmm. pastor was preaching on the resurrection. He, he wasn't mm-hmm. talking about grief, but I realized as he was mm-hmm. preaching, as he always says, the chief shepherd mm-hmm. is going out and, and he is definitely ministering to me. And I realized I, I had forgotten the, resurre- the resurrected Christ. I was mm-hmm. grieving without hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the midst of the last couple of years, I think that I'm probably not alone. It's mm-hmm. been a difficult thing. I, I thought very, for like a year, I was like, hey, I haven't had anybody die. Thank, thank God for that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, here, like one of the closest people that mm-hmm. I'm with died. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't just like my former pastor. Like he was my adopted big brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we were really mm-hmm. close. And so just this mm-hmm. reminder that God, he not only is, wi- we know that he's with us and that he's before us. And he walks along ahead of us. Mm-hmm. That he he sets the limits of of our suffering. We we see that in Job. Like mm-hmm. yes, Job is Job is going through a tremendously difficult time. But you know, God is still you know with him. You mm-hmm. know, we we forget that mm-hmm. because if if God wasn't with Job, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the look at the devastation that was already caused. Mm-hmm. It would have been so so much so much worse but god was mm-hmm. hold, we we need to remind ourselves god was holding job he was sustaining mm-hmm. job he was you know mm-hmm. uh providing mm-hmm. for job and you know job came out of that um yeah he got he got mm-hmm. you know he got his butt kicked okay i mean mm-hmm. there's no other way to say that uh, i mean who are you to to question god and mm-hmm. you know all all of that but, i mean that's paraphrased mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. uh it's a good it's a good reminder for mm-hmm. all of us coming out of this mm-hmm. challenging covid mm-hmm. pandemic hardship mm-hmm. god is god is still good you can lean mm-hmm. into those hard things and um you know. i love the example of job and that is you know one of the examples that i use in my book but um i think we have a privileged perspective as readers of that story that we get to know kind of what's going on behind the scenes that we don't necessarily know if Job ever knew about that, you know, that conversation between the Lord and Satan and, you know, it's kind of like wacky stuff. (laughs) I knew that word, you know, um, in jest, but at the same time, it's like, well, maybe a little bit of this stuff that's maybe not so comfortable in the Bible. And yet at the same time, I think it offers great encouragement to us that, you know, Satan couldn't touch Job without God's permission, and he could only do what God was allowing. And God set limits; He set boundaries to that. And I think that offers great encouragement to us that you know, at the end of the day, God is the one who's ultimately in control. And uh, encouragement from other parts of Scripture too that whatever God does allow in His sovereignty into our lives it's not going to be wasted. You know, he redeems, he's a redeemer just as he saves us from our sin. He, he's going to redeem all of the hard stuff in our lives. It's not going to be wasted. Um, so I think that offers a lot of encouragement to a believer. I hope Job, you know, I know his story gets flipped and there's a happy ending, but, um, 
Yeah, I just, I wonder for him, like, what parts did he get to understand at the end and what parts did he not understand? And I think for our own stories, like there might be things we never understand. And I don't know, maybe in heaven, we'll get some explanations for some of these things. Um, but even if we don't, you know, I think we're going to be just so happy to see Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate answer to all of the things that we need anyway. So yeah, I'm not sure the other stuff is going to matter as much. Yeah. John Piper said, you know, we might, we, you know, God might show us like one out of a 10,000. Mm. 10, what he means is really infinite things. Mm. You know, we might only see one of them. And you're, mm-hmm. what you're talking about is, is exactly mm-hmm. that. God and his providence mm. will might only mm-hmm. show us just a little sliver just to say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm at, I'm at work here. Maybe, maybe that's mm-hmm. what Joe saw. But like you're saying, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't know. The text doesn't say. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually should, that brings up a, another point that I think we should probably talk about as we're talking about this, mm. because it, that actually should encourage us. It should shape us in the midst of our trials and mm-hmm. in the Hebrews 13, five and nine way that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And so we can mm-hmm. really cling to him in that, in that, mm-hmm. hurt, in that, that pain, you know, yeah. with, with your children, with my parents, my mom's mm-hmm. Alzheimer's and uh, my dad's dementia, uh, the grief that I mentioned. I mean, these are all things that I have to remind myself of all the time. And mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't do that, you're going to lose mm-hmm. sight of your savior. And you, mm-hmm. that's why I'm trying to always tell people eyes on Jesus, eyes mm-hmm. on Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, because what mm-hmm. it does is it gets us to, mm-hmm. we have to look up in a, in a Hebrews 12, mm-hmm. one way to the mm-hmm. author and finisher of our faith. So. Amen. And, um, you know, you were very kind to allow me to write an article from the book, um, an excerpt from the book. And in that article, we talk about some of these things, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I appreciate also is, you know, Job is very, um, open with his questions. He asks God a lot of questions and we can ask a lot of questions. What, why, especially I think is a big one in our trials, but at the end of the day, what we really need the answer to is who that who is who you're talking about Jesus you know even if our why questions never get answered our what questions how how long all of those things that we can be tempted to ask uh, not just I'm not necessarily tempted in a bad way either it's not simple necessarily to ask questions I think it depends on the heart behind them but mm-hmm. at the end of the day who we really need is who we need Jesus yeah and the and the hard questions you know, you mm-hmm. look at the psalm, like you mentioned, Job. I just reminded of the psalms. Mm-hmm. You look at the psalms again and again and again. You know, David mm-hmm. is downcast, and then what does he do? He reminds mm-hmm. himself of the Lord. Yes, I'm sure he's, you know, questioning, having doubts, having, you know, kind of see that too, not as explicitly as that, but yeah, mm-hmm. our like you're saying, our questions aren't bad. God can handle mm-hmm. our questions, but mm-hmm. but are they made in faith in Him or? Like you're saying, are they made in not faith? And that's where you get into an issue. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Why Why is it important to understand that God has a plan, even in seasons of suffering, you know, even mm-hmm. in our trials? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the book actually has 20 biblical truths. Chapter has a truth about God and has a key verse. And so God has a plan is one of the truths about God that, dive into in the book. And I think for me, (laughs) it helps personally to know that God has a plan 
kind of going back to what I was saying before, like I can be tempted to just feel like, you know, all the time I spend in doctor's offices or waiting rooms with my mom. And yet knowing that this is not wasted time. Um, these things that we're going through, God has a plan in it and he has a plan for his glory. He has things that he's doing in the midst of our trials that are, um, ultimately going to bring glory to him. And he also has plans and purposes for us. I think of, um, Romans eight and his purposes of sanctification for us Mm -hmm. to make us more like Jesus. And he can use even our trials to do that. Uh, our trials can keep us dependent on the Lord. Uh, for those of us who tend towards self-sufficiency, that's a really good thing that God can do. That can be part of his plan in our trials to make us more dependent and aware of our need for him. Uh, they can help us grow in our prayer lives. Uh, <laughs> you know, along with that, you know, when we're in the middle of situations we have no control over, we can't fix, we can't change. And uh, we're desperate and we cry out to the Lord for his help. Um, that is a beautiful thing. Uh, so yeah, I think there, for me personally, it has a plan that this isn't wasted is a huge encouragement. Oh yeah. Huge, huge. Cause what that, what that does is, you know, I've seen over the years, many Christians, and I'm sure you have too, they, they don't get this vital essential thing. And what it does is slowly erodes their faith. So they're asking they not only are asking the wrong questions, they're also basically accusing God, saying, God, you're, you're not good. You're, you're not good mm-hmm. in the midst of my suffering. And, and we know that what suffering does is it really exposes what we believe about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what gave me pause about this creep because I knew that mm-hmm. because this was so close to me, I could mm-hmm. easily become like that. And I don't want to go that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, you know, not that I, not that I would, I could, mm-hmm. but I, I wouldn't because I have a good mm-hmm. theology of suffering. Mm-hmm. And, and even I'll say this because of the things I've gone through in the past, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen God's faithfulness. I've seen God's goodness. And mm-hmm. we can remind ourselves of that in, in the present suffering. And we, and we should, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like that stone of remembrance in, yes. you know, we just remember, Hey, God did this in the past. God's going to do the same in the in the future in in my present. Mm-hmm. And these kind of things are just really good reminders. One of my mentors in high school used to say, "Dave, the Christian life really is about perspective." And it's a good it's a good thing for for me because, like you were saying, mm-hmm. I can be the same way. Forget uh, self sufficient. I've done this so the Christian so long, and we should never we should never well we should never think that way. First off, but we do because I mean, hello, somebody, we have indwelling sin and we got to keep repenting. And, you know, that's why we need God's people. We need uh, God's grace and we have a good plan. God has a good plan. He's a good and a faithful God. And so mm-hmm. these, these things sound, they sound so basic, right? They, they sound so, but it's really the, the basic things that, that are most, uh, the more, the more I, uh, even mature in, in, in the older I get, it's like, actually the most basic things are really the most profound things. It's like, it's not that it's not the most profound truths that are the, I mean, they are profound, but it's really the most basic things that, that are really the most profound. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, an example that comes to mind is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Like this whole idea of don't be anxious about anything, but in everything right. by prayer and petition, you know, bring it to the Lord and you'll get peace. Like, sure, <laughs> that sounds really <laughs> simple. And yet, um, you know, if we really learn to do that, if we really learn to bring all of our anxieties to him and cast all those cares on him and you know, to have him work in us, what we can't do on our own and give us his peace. Like what a game changer that is, you know, to come to that place. I mean, I think it's normal in our suffering to ask questions, to try to bargain with God, to make demands. Like that's all normal. That's part of, like you said, indwelling sin. Like that's part of, you know, we want it to change things. And yet I think it's the work of the Holy spirit that helps us to pray instead, even if these things never change, please use this to change me, to do your work in my heart and to help me have peace in the middle of something that's really hard, whether that's, you know, what you're walking through with your parents, dementia, or a single woman who really wants to be married, um, or, you know, someone who has lost someone in COVID. Like there's so many different scenarios of, the hard thing that someone could be walking through, but whatever that suffering is, um, you know, I think for God to be able to come into that definitely, as you were asking before, like it brings God glory because people mm. see, you know what, that's something only God can do. Mm. Yeah. It shows off the gospel. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to recognize that too. Mm-hmm. We need to say, you know what? That's actually mm-hmm. the gospel. That's not, mm-hmm. behavior. that's not Katie. That's not, right anybody else that's that's god by the power of by his power at work yeah yeah why is waiting so hard for us as christians (laughs) why is waiting so hard for us as humans (laughs) yeah right right (laughs) yeah i don't know why waiting is so hard i think it's just kind of ingrained i've always tended towards impatience that's just my natural bent and you know and gets the gets you know from one point a to point b and then you're waiting for something else but i think um maybe there is another sense where it's written into our dna in a spiritual sense that we really are living between two gardens so we're living between eden and we're living between eden and heaven and we long you know, in this broken world where we suffer all kinds of griefs and trials and temptations, we long for heaven and restoration and being with Christ. And so I think that there is a type of impatience, (laughs) um, a longing for that day that, you know, and that place even, and um, that person in Christ that is in us as Christians that, um, you know, is a good kind of, uh, eagerness let's say but um yeah i don't know why why are we so impatient i mean maybe we're not really believing and trusting that god has everything in his sovereign control and his timing maybe we're still thinking we know what's best i don't know do you have thoughts on that why (laughs) yeah i think i think uh you know some of it is that we I mean, it is what you said, but I think it also is that, mm. you know, like the Israelites, they wanted the gift. Mm. They wanted the gift of God and not God himself. Mm-hmm. You know? And I can say I've been guilty of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, God has, God has given mm-hmm. me and blessed me with many gifts and talents and 
and abilities. And uh, it's so easy just to trust those. But mm-hmm. uh, I worked through this project on, on contentment. Uh, it took me like mm-hmm. two years to about finish it, to finish it. Mm-hmm. And it was so good for, for me just to mm-hmm. realize to, and to address. And I realized I went all the way back to my childhood in the midst of this. And I realized, mm-hmm. you know what? I lack, I have lacked contentment in, mm-hmm. for the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, that actually helped, uh, that helped me a lot. Just that self-awareness um, and, and knowledge that, hey, uh, when I was a child, I, I was striving to be the best athlete, same the teenager. And I pushed myself and I did all these things. Um, in my 20s, 30s, I pushed myself to, you know, uh, with God's help, obviously, to, to get, you know, to, to where I'm at. And, um, you know, we, we can just push our way. Not, not, mm-hmm. not as pushing is not really the right way to say that. But, like, when we are self-sufficient, we're not finding our contentment in the Lord. And I think mm-hmm. that, that that reveals a lack of trust and confidence mm-hmm. in God and in the gospel. That's why waiting is so hard. Because um, when we're waiting on the Lord, and, and that's really where um, I think that, you know, Israel failed is they failed to wait on the Lord because they failed. To find, they wanted his gifts and not himself. And man, we do that. We do the same. We do the same. The story that is there to remind us not to do that. And we do that because, uh, boy, I can't remember the verse. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, we're faithless and God is, God is mm-hmm. faithful, you know. Um, and I think, I think uh, just some basic thought, uh, some thoughts on that, that would be just my mm-hmm. thought is, I think that we're mm-hmm. often faithless and, and we need to remind ourselves that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> no, I think that's good, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of times we want, the healing. We want the solution. We want the answer. We want the spouse. We want whatever it is that we're waiting for. And, um, you know, I think you know, part of the sanctification process for that is maybe even God's using that to help us see, you know, he is the one, um, who can satisfy these other things are temporary. Well, how do our hardest days help us to give comfort to others um, mm-hmm. on, our, on our hard days? Yeah. So the scripture, um, Paul again talks about how God comforted him so he could comfort others. And I think the Lord does the same thing for us. Um, you know, I think in my own experience, some of the people who have been the best comforters for me have been people who have maybe walked through some of the same challenges uh maybe they've uh so i mean i share in the book one of the hard things that i have walked through in the last few years was a very uh difficult miscarriage um Mm. and particular experience the people who were the most encouraging encouraging to me were people who had walked through a similar experience and could speak of god's faithfulness to them and Mm. cared for me in some very practical ways but uh you know, ultimately, even if we're going through something that nobody else has ever gone through before, even if we're going through something that no one else can relate to, the Lord 
Um, you know, I think of our sympathetic high priest who, uh, you know, he sympathizes with us in our weaknesses and we can draw near to him and find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. And he truly is the perfect comforter. Um, so he offers his comfort to us, whatever we're going through. But I just love that his comfort doesn't end with us. That part of his purpose, even in comforting us, is that so we can then comfort others. Even if it's a different kind of trial, we can still be the conduit, mm. those jars of clay that carry his comfort, ultimately the comfort we've received in the gospel um, to others. So, you know, the greatest need that any of us face isn't <laughs> a need for um a healing or something of that nature it really is to be forgiven of our sins and that comfort is found in the gospel and in what christ did in paying for our sins once for all on the cross and so we can share that comfort with those who are struggling um mm. yeah so kind of, yeah i would just take that and probably go not in the opposite direction, but hmm. from a different angle in that one thing I found especially helpful with my parents' dementia and memory loss and hmm. everything else really is um, to take the time to lean into it. Hmm. It's going to sound really kind of maybe hooky, but what I mean is like, um, especially like if I'm tired and fatigued and, you know, that that happens because you're dealing with um overly very complex emotions um coming at you it, it exhausts your body and overwhelms it and and so um what i mean by leaning into it is take the time to give yourself that that rest and that relaxation that you need and take the time to to pray and and just just relax just unwind i know that you know, you, you might not be, you be at, if you're at your job, you can't just like leave and, and do that, but you can, you can um, take in, you know, some scripture on, on a break and, you know, lean into that and then remind yourself again and again of, of key truths in your, mm -hmm. in your, in, in the word, like Hebrews 13, five and nine, mm -hmm. especially are, are good texts to, to memorize, um, you know, Psalm 42 and 43, we mentioned Philippians mm -hmm. 4. Uh, James 1 is another good one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Colossians 3, uh, Galatians 5. You know, the, these texts, just just pull them up. Uh, mm -hmm. Even even if you have a card, um, you know, maybe print off these texts and have them mm -hmm. in, your, in your pocket mm -hmm. um, so that you can pull them out. And, and, these, and these kind of things, what they do is, they help us to mm -hmm. do what I'm talking about, lean in, lean in a little mm -hmm. more to these realities. Because um, mm -hmm. it helps us. We we need the mm -hmm. we need the reminder. Um, mm -hmm. I need it. You need it. We all need mm -hmm. it. And these reminders, they just they just help us. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're we're the question is about comforting others. But if you can't mm -hmm. be comforted yourself, you mm -hmm. can't comfort others. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to, I just wanted to take that like the mm -hmm. opposite direction of, of where you're going mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's good. Um, and I think I have two different thoughts. One would be, it's been interesting the last few years as the Lord has carried our family through some hard things, the opportunities he's given us to come alongside and offer comfort to others as a result of that. And, um, 
you know, sometimes that comfort is just sitting with someone else in his or her grief and being quiet and just recognizing, yeah, this is hard. This is part of living in a fallen world and just being there with someone being present. But I think some of that is learned by having walked through some harder experiences. Um, The other thing I would say to your point with uh, memorizing scripture, which I think is wonderful. Um, So my book is designed so that each chapter has a key verse. And the idea is that these verses could be some of those anchors that you could hold on to in some of your hard times. So um, my publisher actually made, and these are free, they're completely free, downloadable memory verse worksheets. And um, you can go through each of those scripture passages. And I forget exactly how it's set up, but I think the idea is you read it, you write it down, you say it. And um, the idea is to be able to hide those in your heart to offer comfort and to sustain um, if you're going through something hard now, or you know what, if you're not in the future, we all will be. So to have those verses hidden in our hearts for those hard days. Hmm. Really good. Really good. Well, Katie, just as we uh, kind of wind down this, this show mm-hmm. today, where can people go to find out you on social media or otherwise? Sure. So you can find me katieferris.com. Uh, and if you go to my website, then you'll have links to my Facebook, my Instagram, uh, on Facebook, I actually started a page called Loving My Children, which comes from a, another book that I wrote a couple of years ago. And so I try to offer a lot of encouragement to moms, especially on that page. But um, yeah, on Instagram, I'm just Katie T. Ferris. Wonderful. Wonderful. I encourage you guys to go ahead and follow her. Uh, she posts <laughs> great stuff that will help you in your hard days or any a day, uh, mm-hmm. whether you're a mom or not. So you know, I always say this as as we wrap up. Uh, there's just so much that to say. Mm. We guys have only scratched the surface, as you no doubt know. But just as we land the plane for this show today, can you give us a few takeaways? Mm. Yeah. So I think where I'd want to go, what I'd want to say, really, is to the person who's watching this show and is going or listening, um, and is in the middle of something really hard. I think just to remind you that God does see, even if it doesn't feel like he sees you, he does hear your prayers and your cries for help. Even if you feel like there's just silence on the other end. Um, and you know, he's real and he is faithful and it's worth waiting for him. Um, those times where you can't see and you can't hear or, um, so yeah, I think my prayer, my hope as people read this book and for you would that be would be that God would really strengthen your faith for the long haul and uh, sustain you and carry you to the end. Mm. Wonderful. Well, guys, we've been talking today with my friend Katie Ferris about her book. He will be enough how God takes you by the hand through the darkest days. If you're watching the video, here's another peek at it. There it is. Hopefully you can see it. Yep, there you go. Uh, it is great. And as I said, I endorse it. So, you know, that means that it's really good. And, uh, Katie, thank you so much for seeing and people will be blessed by this book. I, I, as they, as they read it and open it with God's word, as you so well said, uh, God bless you. And, and, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.